Infinite banking doesn't give you arbitrage. And they talk to people like they're gonna get the benefits, like the policy's 15 years old, but they're not. Let's be honest, yeah. you're not getting paid, no one's paying you 6%. Most people that are getting these policies are like, I want access to my money right away. And that's the danger. There's other benefits to life insurance. It's the only asset in the world that will grow with you in every phase of life. Life insurance is valuable even if you don't have arbitrage. Whole life insurance is not an investment, it simply will help your other investments be better because of all the things that we just talked about. Hey guys, it's Caleb Williams. Alright guys, uh, this is part two of a video of Chris and I just going crazy on the vibe board. We're talking all about infinite banking, when you should borrow against your policy. There's so many things that we could talk about and you mentioned something that I'm like, man, this is amazing and we probably should just make another video about this. So is here we go. Infinite banking doesn't give you arbitrage. Right. I know that might shock, like you do not get arbitrage when you borrow against your policy. I'm gonna share with you later in this video why I think that's okay and like why I don't freak out about that. Right. But you mentioned something about there are people out there that say you can borrow against your policy at 5% and your dividend 6%. You're making more money. Like I've seen this multiple times. I've mm -hmm. seen people I highly respect mm -hmm. that don't have YouTube, don't have TikTok that are misrepresenting these things. Yep. I hear clients saying, well, my dividend is this and it makes me so frustrated because whether we know it or not, we're misleading people and we say the dividend is gonna get paid this yeah. and you're borrowing at this, you're arbitraging your policy. So without well, further ado, let's <laughs> well, blow that thing up. And with that said, I, I also wanna say this. If you buy the story that infinite banking is about positive arbitrage, this is why you have all these idiot IUL agents out there right. trying to convince people that, you can, that IUL is a better policy for infinite banking because right. of the potential yeah. to get positive arbitrage inside of an IUL, which is a whole different conversation. Yeah. But and Subscribe it, to Life 180 for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like that, that's a big thing. So, so here's, here's the thing. When, when you look at, when you look at, um, when you look at uh, a whole life policy, so what we have here is, you know, whole life with a participating mutual company, what you have is you have, uh, you know, you'll have, um, the dividend will be, let's just call it 6%, right? So you have a, a gross dividend. No, I'll just say gross, right? So if the gross dividend, let's call it 6%. So then what happens is they're, they're basically saying, all right, we're, we're doing this gross percent, 6% uh, dividend, but then you have to minus out all sorts of like all the mortality charges. Yep expenses, and basically everything it takes to run the life insurance company, okay? Yeah. So when, the, the, the thing to know, the beautiful part about having a policy with a properly designed uh, policy with a, with a participating mutually held company, and I, I guess I'll just do participating, participating, the, the purpose of the participating is you are participating in the profitability with that company, yep. which is magic. If you think about it, like I always kind of tell people life insurance companies, when you, when you put your money in a, a properly designed participating mutually held company, you basically are giving your money to the most stable financial companies in the world that have 180 years of success across the board from an industry perspective. Some are, you know, I would say don't go with a company that doesn't have at least 100 years of, right. of 
doing this successfully. You have the ability to, to have them manage the risk of your money, get you the, what life insurance companies do is not sexy. It's not designed to get you wealthy. It's not designed right. to get you massive returns, right? And that's the problem with IUL. Everybody's trying to position it like life insurance. All of a sudden, after 180 years, got really good at getting these massive returns. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. They are focused on getting you the best possible return with the least amount of risk. That's it. Yeah. But when you throw that, that last part in there, that least amount of risk, it, it takes a lot of the upside away, yep. right? But if you look at what, bond, what, what, what whole life will do, it'll get you bond-like returns, muni-like tax treatment, money market-like yep. you know, liquidity, which is great, but it's not sexy. Let's face it, bond-like returns yep. are not super attractive. But when, when we talk about you know, the fact that you're minusing out these mortality charges and expenses, this 6% rate, is, is, is not actually 6%. That's not what's credited because you got to take this out. So what, you know, what I always kind of like look to do is from a long-term perspective, because especially early in a policy, your expenses in your policy are going to be much higher. Right. As the policy matures, the policy is going to be great. Like, I mean, you yep. can, you can start and just look at an illustration that's designed right. properly. You can, you can look, you know, year one, if we look at like premium, let's say premium, uh, cash value, and then death benefit, right? So if we, if we do this and we say, all right, the premium is 10,000, right? Cash value, let's say it's uh, 6,400, right? And then, or let's just say 6,000, 6040 policy, right? And, and the death benefit, let's just call it 250,000, right? So what's happening here is that we put 10,000 in, right? Mm -hmm. if, we, if we borrow from this 6,000 right away, mm -hmm. you know, let's say we borrow 5,000 of that 6,000 bucks because yeah. for some, we want to take a vacation, right? Yeah. <laughs> like going back to the last video, yeah. we, want to, yeah. we want to run our vacation through our yeah. policy like some of these guys would say to do. You know, so if you do that, now you're borrowing, you know, we're taking a loan of 5,000 and we're paying 6% on this, let's just say, yeah. right? According to the numbers in the last video, I think. Yeah. So we're paying 6% on this, so you know that is what it is, but the cash value now that our collateral capacity goes down to 1,000, yeah. right? Which is, is, is important to understand, but this, even in a non-direct recognition company, we're not earning 6%. We're not, yeah, we're not earning that money. Yeah. We're, we're earning much less because, and, the, and plus we've, we've given up control to $4,000 here. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like so, so this is absolutely a long-term strategy and, and for every dollar that we put in, we're negative out of the gate. We have yep. a capitalization period, right? But if we go down the line and we're 10 years down the line and we, we've, you know, we've put in, you know, we put in $10,000, my guess is at the end of the day from a cash value perspective, year 10, assuming that we didn't take any loan, yeah. and, you know, any loan yet, and we've just let it kind of grow and do its thing and the magic has happened, maybe you have like, I don't know, 110,000, something like that, maybe a little yep. more, whatever. Um, but let's just call it that. The death benefits probably grown to like 370,000 with paid up additions. And so now we're in a position where every $10,000 for like year 11, we put in year 11, now it's gonna grow by more, yep. right? So we can look at the actual rate of growth of the policy is probably gonna be four and a half to five, right. 6%. You know, or well, no, if you take an internal rate of return, you're yeah. going to get anywhere from it's going to be around 2%. But 
but like we want to talk about IRR. Right. We're talking like I'm talking yeah. year over year. Yeah. Now, okay. Annual. Right. Yeah. Annual. Yeah. Year over year. Because yeah, for the for the internal rate of return over that period of time, you're looking at two percent from now. Yeah. When you get to year 2025, you could be in the four four and a half percent range. Um, which if you're, if you're looking from a long-term perspective, that's great. That's, I mean, you know, it's bond, yep. you know, comparable, um, and the tax, you know, taxable, yep. you know, equivalent return of that, uh, it's, it's decent, right? But if, if we're looking at this and we could say, Hey, let's just say, let's just say, you know what, just to keep it simple, let's just say we did a 10 pay, right? Just yep. to say, all right. And just so, out of curiosity, are they just seeing the board? Are they yeah, they're this? just seeing the board. Okay. okay. They're just seeing the board. Okay, right cool. Now. So if they're, if they're doing a 10 pay and this is year 10, they've paid it up, they have this and there's no more money. This policy is paid up, okay? Yep. And so now there's no more premium going in and let's say this, this 110,000 grows to 114 and change, right? So like, you know, that, that's like not a bad internal rate for that year, yep. annualized rate of return, but it's still not the 6%. Right. You know what I mean? And so like anytime you're borrowing, you have to understand like all these people are like, you're paying yourself interest. No, you're not. Like you're paying the insurance company interest. You're paying them 6%. You're earning four, let's just call it four and a half percent. So you, you have a negative arbitrage. Yep. Let's just say that, that you're, you know, like a lot of the infinite banking people will say you're, you're paying 5% and you're earning 5.2, right? Cause that was what the, you know, with one of the bigger companies yeah. that is big in the infinite banking space, that was their declared dividend. And, and so they'd be like, you're, and this was what it was. You could borrow at five and, and you could have a 5.2% dividend. Yeah. The 5.2 is not what you were earning. You were earning this. So there was never arbitrage, yeah. even in an environment where it looked like there was. And, it, and, yeah. and the, it's, a, it's, it's a smoke and mirrors game. It's, an, it's a yeah. misrepresentation about how it actually works. Now, you and I both still agree, this is awesome. Right. Right. I mean, it's not awesome to take it. It's, it's awesome in the fact that you have this account yeah. that's gonna do these things. So let me, let, me, uh, let me redraw this in the way that, because I wanna set the stage and, we, and then we can okay. change camera angles and talk okay. through this. Okay, so let's just say your policy, long-term, is gonna grow at 4.5%. I look at IRR, and so what IRR is, is just internal rate of return, over a long period of time, in the early years, are going to be negative IRR. Usually around you know four, five, six, seven years, it's going to mm -hmm. break even. And then longer time, it's essentially saying the money that you put in into this mm -hmm. policy, um, if if you were if you were to put it into the same like savings account that was tax free that had all the same benefits of life insurance, yeah. it would have to earn four and a. 4.5% every single year just to give you the same return. So like we can agree 30 years from now, like your money is earning 4.5%. It's also tax advantage. It, there's other right. other things that I could make the argument. I could make the argument over here to say, well, that four and a half percent is actually like a seven because of the tax benefits mm -hmm. and the term sure. insurance that you don't have to buy because there's other benefits here. But I'm not even like, like, so let's just say that you're earning a true four and a half percent. So now over here, let's say if you want to take a loan, um, it's gonna cost you six and a half percent. So what I would say to this is like right here, there's no arbitrage that's happening here. Right. No arbitrage at all. And so if we, all we cared about was arbitrage, this would not make sense. So my question is, and this is what I think we need to talk about is why 
it, why am I drawing this out and saying I am okay with putting money into life insurance, knowing that I'm not going to have arbitrage, knowing that it's going to cost me maybe more than I'll ever make internally in my policy. And the, my answer to that is we have to understand that there's way more benefits to life insurance than just the rate of return. If all I cared, if all life insurance was, was a, an asset that was kicking out an internal rate of return and it gave me no other benefits, mm -hmm. I would not do this. Right. Like there's probably better ways for me to, to do this. Like I, the rate of return is better than other accounts, but at sure. the end of the day, like why would I do that? I right. do that because life insurance has a death benefit. Life insurance has other chronic illness riders. Life insurance is a tax-free asset when set up and used properly. Life insurance is gonna give me the stability of lifetime growth, whereas other assets are gonna have volatility. Mm -hmm. Life insurance has so many other benefits, and so when I start adding up the benefits, I start getting to a number, personally, and this is not personally, when you start adding up the benefits, I think you can make the argument that life insurance gets you around 14 or plus rate of return, 20% rate of return, mm -hmm. when you start adding the benefits of the value of control, the value of it being privatized, mm -hmm. the value of creditor protection, the value of death benefit, the value, I mean, you share the story of like chronic illness riders, of like mm -hmm. the ability to pay down the death benefit that could potentially save someone's life. Mm -hmm. You have a personal story about that. Mm -hmm. Like, what's the value of all that? I value that much higher, but but I can say that in the same breath of saying, I'm not telling you life insurance is getting 14 or 20% rate of return. I'm saying because I understand all the benefits that it gives me, I put a value on that. That's why I'm okay borrowing right. against it and not arbitrage, arbitraging because at the end of the day, over here, I'm gonna earn far greater than whatever I'm borrowing. And so this is just yeah. the cost of control, but I'm getting yeah. all the benefits of the life insurance. I'll take it a step further. Yeah. So, so when you're, when you're doing, when you're talking about this, this is an internal rate of return over, let's just say 20 years. Yeah. Right. And that means if, you know, year one through five are negative and yeah. year six is break even, mm -hmm. that means from year seven and beyond, the policy is doing way better than 4.5 on average because it's catching up for right. the first but, five years being But negative. I think IRR is the most... I, I don't Accurate disagree. Thing. I don't so disagree okay. with you. I'm just I'm yep. setting the stage. Yep. Okay. So 20 years in, that's meaning, I'm, and I'm just making sure everybody's yep. really clear on what this means. It means if you have an IRR 4.5% by year 20, right, with this 4.5% here, that means it, it if for, if you put $10,000 a year in, it's assuming yep. that you, on average you would have had every single year 4.5%. Yes. Like it's not assuming you had negative the first year. It's it's like it's catching up for yeah. even including the negative years. Hundred percent, right? Every okay. it's assuming every. So I just year. want to make yeah. sure that's really clear. Yeah. So what does that mean? That does mean, and this is where this is where um, infinite bankers are not necessarily lying, mm -hmm. but they're also not telling the truth, and and they misrepresent how this actually can work, right? So well, and and here's here's the thing. So like if we know years one through five are negative, right? Negative yeah. on, on the internal negative IRR, and years six through 10 are gonna be like zero to three percent or okay. something like that, depending on how it's designed. You know, then years 11 through, you know, 20 will be probably like four to 5%, mm -hmm. you know, or maybe even a little better than that, like four to 6% annually. Okay. Right? 
and, and, and it can be better. And, and, and listen, guys, this all varies based on the current interest rate environment, the, you know, like the current bond market, like all these different things. And so there are situations where, you know, we could have it. So if the policy is mature enough, mm-hmm. right, it's, let's say it's year 15 in the policy and the policy is getting an internal rate of return at 6% and then the market because interest rates have come back down or something of that nature, that the loan rate goes down to 4.5%. I'm not saying there's not a world where you could not find positive arbitrage yeah. inside of a whole life policy, yeah. right? And, and this is the problem, and I'm only going here because I think it's really important to understand that it's not that infinite banking people are lying to you because it's possible. Right. It's not the rule. And it's not what you should rely on. And it's not why you should do it. Right. My problem is they're not take. they should look at the IRR. They're taking the dividend and they're saying the dividend is 6%, Mm -hmm. but it's like, let's be honest. You're not getting paid. No one's paying you 6%. But but, but but what I'm saying is the IRR doesn't matter when you're looking at it. It matters from a long-term perspective. And that's a beautiful thing because it matters from the perspective of like, all right, the, uh, so I, I did a video talking about how whole life helps and it grows with you. It's the only asset in the world that will grow with you in every phase of life, yeah. right? So like, like think about it this way. When you're 20s, right? What do, you, what do you need in your 20s? You need to start saving money, right? And you know, maybe in, when you're in your mid to late 20s, you start having kids. So like late 20s, uh, 20s, uh, 20s to 30s, you start needing life insurance, right? And then maybe after that, you start, you know, wanting to borrow against it in your 40s for like college, for kids, other other elements mm-hmm. of that nature. 50s, you know, you might start needing the chronic illness. Let's hope not. But, yeah, but, yeah. It's America, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, hopefully yep. not, but th- this is where yep. things happen. Yep. Even for people that are yep. healthy, yep. like this is where, Sometimes, unfortunately, health starts to wane on, yep. on, on a portion of America or the world, yep. right? Human beings. At 60s, now you have a volatility buffer. Yep. Right? So the internal rate of return has, has an impact or of 4.5% here, right? Yep. This has an impact when you start talking about this. Yep. Right? Yep. And so that's the number that really matters when we're comparing it like that from a long-term perspective. But when we're talking about it from a loan perspective, we have to look at it, when are we taking the loan? At what chapter of the policy is that loan being taken? And the reality is, most people that are getting these policies are like, I want access to my money right away. Yeah. Right? And that's the danger. Yeah. Like, I, I feel well, like the worst part about this is like the infinite banking people out there, not all of them, yeah. but many of them are taking it and they're selling like, hey, fund your policy, take loans at it and they talk to people like they're going to get the benefits like the policy is 15 years old but they're not yeah and and yes and right but the reason it's okay to take a loan even early on is you you get that asset will give you the future benefit 100 you're never going to interrupt this internal rate right, of return but which the, is a beautiful thing but the point that i want to make is if there's other benefits to life insurance like we have to value more life insurance more than just rate of return in the arbitrage 100%, 100%. because yes is this true could could we have arbitrage in the future yes i never want to sell someone off of that because life insurance is valuable even if you don't have arbitrage of course and so yeah you're because 
Because the only other thing is, and what, what Caleb is saying, I think is like for me, the living, the LBR is living benefit riders, right? Like that's, that's a thing, right? So the yeah. chronic. But just, yeah, it's just like the fact that you could potentially get a higher income distribution at age 60 because you have life insurance versus a bond is like, yeah, yeah. how do you put the value on that kind right. of deal? Yeah, I mean, it's gonna get you bond-like returns with a lower standard deviation. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, that's amazing. Especially looking at what the bond market just did, right? But the fact, I mean, and I also look at it like there's, there's, there's ways that you can't even calculate, right? Because here's, here's the deal. We live in a world where people are crunched for cash, right? right? And so we always say it's a great, way, a great tool because it gets each dollar to perform multiple functions, yep. right? And a lot of times people are like, what the hell does that even mean, yep. right? And so it, 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 the fact is, these living benefits can function and help. It's not necessarily always a replacement, but it's a great alternative if you don't have for like long-term care, yep. for disability, uh, for, you know, if you lose two of six daily living activities, you become cognitively impaired. Um, if you get diagnosed with a cancer, with a, with a terminal diagnosis, mm -hmm. you get access to your death benefit while you're alive that, that will give you these benefits. These insurances all have a cost. And the reality is, you're 70% more likely to need to use long-term care or get some sort of assisted living or, or need to use this benefit before you die than the actual life insurance. So why do we only talk about the life insurance when you're 70% yeah. more likely to need to use yeah. a living benefit, right? Yeah. But, and if you don't have a living benefit, it's going to decimate your retirement account. Like, and so these living benefits have costs and if you haven't looked it up, go look at the cost of long-term care insurance. And that cost alone, the rate of return, the internal rate of return bump that you would see if you just said, all right, cash flow wise, how much is it saving me on my, on my premium costs that, I, that I'm not spending because I've got this asset that's backing me up. Yep. It's, it's a backstop to my wealth preservation to everything I've done. Like, it's good. It's amazing. It's good. You yeah. know what I mean? You can't calculate yeah. that return. And the people that don't understand it just infuriate me yeah infuriate so i think I, how do we how do we land the plane here because i um, think it's i love doing videos with you but we we go all over we the do place. i know so i think the point that i want to make and you can have the final word here is in infinite banking you do not get arbitrage mm -hmm. the, simply saying if it the long term if it gets you four or five percent i would not put money into life insurance because i think i'm gonna year 20, there's going to be, I'm going to make more money in my policy mm -hmm. than the cost it's going to cost me. Mm -hmm. And that's okay because of all the other benefits that a multidimensional asset gives me mm -hmm. for when it looks at retirement, when it looks at protection, when it looks at the living benefit riders, all those compound and, and they, that I say, I value life insurance far greater than the cost that, it, that I have to use or like the lack of arbitrage that I get. Like it's actually, I don't care that I don't get that arbitrage because I actually do arbitrage when I value all the other benefits. That's the point that I'm trying to make is like, um, I'm trying to on one hand say you don't arbitrage with your IBC policy or whole life. And uh, number two is that's okay. Because like you should understand that life insurance has far more mm. benefits than just the rate of return. Yeah, I, I would say, I guess how I would end it for me is, is just looking at it is we have to think holistically yep. about everything, about all our needs, about why my vibe board is freaking out. <laughs> um, uh, you know, we have to think holistically about all this stuff. And, and if you're thinking holistically, and, and well, I'll say, and the challenge with infinite banking is that they try to eliminate the holistic conversation. Mm -hmm. um, 
in a lot of situations. I'm not saying they always do that, but in a lot of situations, they try to eliminate that holistic conversation. I think both Caleb and I agree that you should have many assets, many streams of cash flow, many yeah. ways to do that. And that whole life insurance is not an investment. It simply will help your other investments be better because of all the things that we just talked about. And so, you know, when, when you start to realize that and, and, and see the value, I think once you start to have clarity about what you're trying to accomplish and where your risks are and, and trying to take risk off the table as much as possible, you start to realize that you're not able to have an optimized strategy without whole life being part of it. Yeah. I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Right. So I love it. That's it. Thanks guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.